0: Hands. Who would say they have noticed that in our world today there seems to be a little bit of what's the best word? Um, anger. Who seems to think that the world seems to be a little bit of an angry place today? Yeah, it certainly does. I mean, there, there's, there seems to be a deep-seated bitterness in so many people. We're angry at the government. We're angry at people that are angry at the government. Um, I, I know people that are angry with their spouses, uh, parents that are angry with uh, teachers, uh, t- uh, kids on uh, teams that are angry with the coaches. Uh, just look on social media. You can see anger everywhere. Uh, people are angry when they're traveling. They save up to go on vacation and they get angry. They're angry when they're driving. They're angry when they're flying. They're angry when they're walking through the happiest place on earth, Disney World. I mean, I go on and I see these videos of people just getting in Donny Brooks in the Magic Kingdom. I mean, punching, screaming, ripping. its It's ridiculous. There just seems to be this deep-seated bitterness, and I don't want to blame the pandemic, but it seems like since the pandemic, the anger, the bitterness quotient is on steroids. And so what I want to do today is I want to look at the fact that so many of us are bitterly offended. There is a bitterness of offense that impacts and touches our hearts and our lives, and the Bible has a lot to say about it because Jesus died to set us free. He wants us to walk in wholeness, healed, set free from sin, yes. From the consequences of sin, absolutely. But he also wants us to live free from bitterness, healed from hurt and anger, to have the life that he desires for us. And God knows how we're created because he created us. And he knows that bitterness is an issue. Uh, And and indeed, modern psychology knows it's an issue as well. So I want to read Uh, A couple little excerpts from an article that was published on PsychologyToday.com, and here it is. Leon Seltzer, Dr. Leon Seltzer, says the following: All bitterness starts out as hurt, left to fester. That righteous anger eventually, eventually becomes the corrosive ulcer that is bitterness. In other words, there's a hurt that happens, and that hurt is oftentimes a valid thing. Something happened to you, was done to you, happened to a friend a loved one and and if you don't deal with it in the proper way it will fester and it will become the ulcer that is bitterness if we repeatedly ruminate over how we've been victimized our hurts may eventually come to define some essential part of who we are taking hold of our very personality and you see that in our world today the whole idea of being a victim being victimized it's a banner under which so many people live They're proud of it. I'm a victim. This happened to me. I've been hurt and wounded. And it's a vitriolic sense of, of anger and bitterness that permeates so much of who we are because yes, we were hurt. Yes, we were wounded. Yes, something was done to us. A wrong was perpetrated against us. I'm not discounting any of that. But if we allow that hurt, that wound, that pain to fester, it becomes bitterness. And bitterness wreaks all kind of havoc so long before psychology today long before we understood this god understood and so he inspired the men and the women who wrote the pages of the bible to to write some things that would shed light on this and the writer of hebrews puts it like this pursue peace with everyone and holiness without it no one will see the lord Make sure that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up, causing trouble and defiling many. Pursue peace. Pursue holiness. In other words, what God is saying is peace and bitterness don't coexist. Hatred and holiness don't coexist. As a follower of Christ, we're called to pursue peace and holiness, which is the antithesis of bitterness and hatred. So we have to learn to walk in peace to pursue peace, to pursue holiness. We have to live in such a way that we begin to say, I don't want to fall short of God's grace. I want to experience the fullness of God's grace, and part of experiencing the fullness of God's grace is allowing his grace to flow not just into me to deal with my hurts and my pains, but to flow through me into the hearts and lives of other people. So if I was gonna uh wrap up those two verses we just read, this is what I would say. You do not strive to live at peace, you will find yourself living in bitterness. Pursue peace, pursue holiness, because if you don't, the result is anger, bitterness, hatred, rage, frustration. God says, That's not the life that I want for you. I want you to walk in peace. I want you to walk in holiness. So this morning, as we begin to talk about the whole idea of bitterness, listen, we are going to touch on some things that we often don't like to touch on. There's some deep things, some stuff that that might cause you to have to take some inventory of some areas of your life. But again, the reason we do that is because God wants to heal us. He wants to set us free. He doesn't want us to just paint the outside of the house. He wants us to deal with those deeper core issues of who we are. So what I want to do this morning is I want to look at a couple of of things that bitterness does, and then I want to begin to unpack how do we deal with the root of bitterness that we may find in our lives when when we're bitterly offended, the bitterness of offense. So here's the first thing about bitterness. Here it is. Bitterness destroys from beneath the surface. The writer of Hebrews, as we just read, uh, uses the analogy of a root. Roots don't typically grow on the surface, roots grow beneath the surface. They go deep, they burrow in, and they can be there for a long, long time and go deeper and deeper and deeper. The thing is, with a root, you don't know just how deep it is. You don't know how pervasive it is until you attempt to dig it out, until you attempt to pull it out. Then you realize just how deep that root has gone. Who's ever tried to pull out a dandelion? Those little suckers, right? I mean, they're only that far off the ground. But man, you go to pull it. You know this about dandelions? It's amazing. The average depth of the taproot of a, a dandelion is 12 inches. It can be as shallow as six inches, typically, six to 15 inches is, is the norm, but they can go as deep as 15 feet. You're not pulling that out. That takes major work. And that's what it is when we allow bitterness into our lives. It goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And it takes a major work of the Holy Spirit in order to remove that from our lives. But that's what God wants to do. See, we could be bitter about all kinds of things. And some of us are bitter about some really, 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 I'm just going to use this word ridiculous. And some of you are offended by that, but go back and listen to the. Earlier part of the series, and you'll deal with that. Um, No, ridiculous things. I mean, I can point the finger at myself. There's been times I've been offended by the way my wife holds the laundry because there is a right way to fold laundry. And and I told her I could show you the right way, and she said, you could fold it yourself. I said, I think you do just fine. No, she's not looking, I refold it, put it away. Um, We could be offended by how someone loads the dishwasher. Because there is a right way to do that, right? All the people who say there's a right way to load the dishwasher say amen. Amen. We could be offended by how someone mows the lawn because the lines aren't perfect. Or vacuum because the lines aren't perfect. I'm like robot vac. Thank you, man. Just do the lines. It's fantastic. Um, We could be offended by how someone says thank you. Because they didn't say, they weren't sincere enough in their thank you. I mean, they said it, but they didn't mean it. We could be offended by how someone asks our opinion. They asked our opinion, but they didn't ask it in the right way, in the right time, when I think they should have. And they didn't follow my opinion, so now I'm really offended. And I'm really bitter. Like, hey, if they ask your opinion, you give it. What they do with it, don't you worry about it. They want to make a mess of their life because they don't want to listen to how brilliant you are. That's fine. No problem. You've done what you can do. You're not responsible. I know people who are offended by the emojis that other people put on their texts. They put the wrong emoji at the wrong time and the wrong skin tone. And it's just, I'm just, you know, man, what did they think? They're? And they're bitter. Right? We could be re- offended about some really, really, really ridiculous things. But we can also be bitter about some really, really, really serious stuff. Some deep stuff. Some painful stuff. We could be bitter because a spouse betrayed us, walked out on us. We could be bitter because we were lied to, lied about. We could be bitter because we were abused or a loved one was abused. We could be bitter because a friend stabbed us in the back. We could be bitter because a business partner pulled the rug out from under us. We could be bitter for all kinds of reasons, but here's what I know. The seed of the bitterness, the seed of that root, whatever that hurt was, whatever that that thing that you say, this is what caused the pain, has to be dealt with. That quote we read, bitterness starts as a hurt. But if hurt isn't dealt with, it becomes, as Hebrews says, a root of bitterness. And it goes deep because that seed germinates. It takes root in our heart and it goes deeper and deeper. And deeper, and it destroys from beneath the surface. So what happens is, all of a sudden, right? It goes deep, and it all of a sudden sprouts and will say. And I've heard people say, "I don't know where that came from. It just blew up. I don't know where it came from. It came from a root of bitterness that has gone deeper and deeper and deeper. And suddenly, seemingly out of the blue, out of nowhere, but that bitterness has taken root in your heart, and it pops up and it causes trouble." And it defiles many. So roots of bitterness, they they are destroyers beneath the surface. But not only do they harm you, not only is bitterness like poison to your soul, bitterness causes trouble and damages others. So that's the next thing about bitterness. Bitterness damages other people, right? The the Bible says it, it defiles others. That word defile in the original language means to uh, to stain, to pollute, to corrupt. So the whole idea is, right, roots don't just go deep. Roots can sometimes go wide. I mean, I've seen my neighbor's yard with dandelions, but the dandelions don't just stay in my neighbor's yard. They spread out, and they impact other people. They don't just stay where they're supposed to stay. They move into your bitterness, moves into other people's lives and it hurts other people and we see this in our culture today this is what we do right we get offended and we're bitter and bitterness is big business i'm just going to tell you that right now business makes bitterness makes money why you have these people that are on social media and on news networks and on sports networks and what do they do they just rage about how they're so mad and angry and it doesn't matter what side of the political spectrum you're on or who's in the White House at any given moment. They're mad at the president for this. They're mad at Congress for that. They're mad at the senators for this. They're mad at, at the coach for that. They're mad at the player for this. They're mad at this business. They're mad at this executive. They don't talk about how good everything is. They talk about how terrible everyone is. They, what what's our culture does is we broadcast our bitterness and we pollute other people, we make them buy into our bitterness, and it perpetuates itself, and they become bitter, and their bitterness just rolls. And so what we need to do, and I'm telling you, this is what you need to do. You need to stop broadcasting your bitterness. Stop broadcasting your bitterness. Stop telling everybody just how much of a victim you are, and how bitter you are, and how bad they did you, and how wrong they did you. But they did. I don't. I know they did. But you don't need to broadcast it. Just look on social media. We're telling people all the time how how wrong I was treated. But I was treated wrong. Okay. But what you're doing is you are broadcasting your bitterness. It is a root of bitterness that will spring up and it will defile other people. That's why Hebrews said pursue peace and holiness, not bitterness and hatred. Because it does affect other people. Bitterness affects other people in countless ways. All it takes, the holidays are coming, right? I mean, Thanksgiving is just around the corner, and then Christmas. And all it takes is one bitter person to destroy a family. Some of you know, like, Thanksgiving's coming, and you're like, oh, to God, just don't let that person be there. I mean, everybody, don't, not them, not him, not her, because one bitter person can destroy a family. One bitter person can separate a church. One bitter person can destroy a business. It can wreak havoc on the team or an organization. You get one teammate who's just mad at the coach, mad at the call, mad at the play, mad at a teammate. Somebody in the organization is mad at the the manager, mad at a business decision, mad at a a strategic change that was made. And they just corrupt and impact the entire organization, the entire family, the entire community. And it wreaks havoc. Because roots of bitterness spring up and cause trouble and defile other people. Bitterness destroys other people, doesn't just poison yourself. As I've, I've seen this in my own life. There are times when I really get into watching the news cycle and listening to talk radio and following this, especially when presidential elections roll around. I mean, I become a news junkie, and I'm watching it all the time. But I've learned, like, if I get too much into that, read too many blogs, read too many comment sections, read too many talking heads opinions, I find myself becoming angry, bitter, enraged, saying things that I know aren't honoring to God and don't lift people up. And so I've had to learn in certain times, in certain situations, I have to step away from that because they're broadcasting their bitterness. Why am I going to keep opening my spirit to that? And so what some of you need to do is you need to cut off the, the bitterness that's being thrown into your life. It's like throwing seed, bitter seeds into your life. At some point you have to say, I don't want any more bitter seeds. So some of you, this is what you need to do. You need to delete your social media accounts. Now, social media, now we had a discussion in between services, and somebody said, social media is evil, Dave Heatwall. Um, where are you, Dave? I told you I'd call you out. Um he was just being a little, a little facetious, a little. Um he said, You're too you're too easy on social media. No, social media is not evil. Social media is amoral, it's it's technology. Technology is not evil. Here's the thing, though. If it is spewing bitterness into your spirit then you may need to say this isn't healthy for me seeing all these posts or people post stuff this is just the way it is and you have to accept it and if you don't like it well is that helping you just cut it off some of you need to delete the web browser from your phone because all you do is find yourself going through and reading things and getting angrier and angrier and bitter and more bitter and more frustrated and Some of you need to do this, and you're not going to like this, but I'm just telling you as your pastor, some of you need to block people from being able to text you. Because everything they text you just makes you angry, makes you bitter. either reinforces your bitterness or what they say just irritates you and you don't handle it well, and you say, but if I block them, they're going to be bitter. They already are. They already are bitter. Why are you worried? Well, they're going to be bitter. (laughs) Yeah. Why are you allowing their bitterness to make you bitter? So just block them. But I have to show them the love of Jesus. No, they're showing you the hate of the devil. So at some point you have to go, the, the equation isn't working. The scales aren't in my favor. I'm not ready to be the source of light in that dark situation. That darkness is pulling me down. I'm not lifting it up. You have to have some level of self-awareness that says, I can't keep doing this. So. Listen, I've seen this play out. Right, that bitterness impacts other people. I've seen this played out. So let me give you an example. Um, This is an actual. You know, I'm not thinking of anyone. So I know some of you are thinking I'm thinking of you. I'm not thinking of you. You're just being convicted by the Holy Spirit. So, um, you know, a a couple comes to me, and uh, or a couple is having a conversation. They say, "Oh, we love the church." One of them says, "I love the church." Again, it's not Hickory Ridge; it's the other church. I love the church; it's great. I love the worship, and I love the the children's ministry. I love the the ushers and the greeters and the guest services, and even the pastor. I mean, he can put a coherent message together once a month. Um, so you know, I just love the church. And then the, the spouse says, "Really? Oh, I hate it. I hate it. worship's terrible. And there's too many praise choruses. And, and they, they got they they use electricity, and we you know, just don't want that." And, they, they got speakers, we don't, you know, and, and then the pastor, he he's, he didn't, oh, you know, he doesn't wear a tie, and, you know, it, it's just, it's no good, it's terrible, and, and then the spouse is like, oh. Well, yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, and then they start listing out all the things that they're bitter of. And the one spouse who five minutes ago had a heart of, of, of pure love and excitement of peace and holiness, didn't say the church was perfect, but excited about what God was doing, all of a sudden is poisoned by the bitterness of the other person. And all of a sudden that couple's, well, yeah, the church is terrible. Here's the thing. That couple will leave and they'll go to another church. And you know what they're going to do? The same thing. Because the issue isn't the church. The issue is the root of bitterness in their hearts. And roots of bitterness will grow and cause trouble and defile other people. So at some point, you have to be willing to say, I want to deal with the root of bitterness in my life. So how do we do that? How do we begin to deal with the root of bitterness in our lives? Here's the first thing. Expose the source of your bitterness. You got to kind of dig around and say there it is there's the root there's the cause what is that thing that you justify consistently and regularly be bitter be angry be frustrated about what is that thing and are you ready and willing to name it to own it to identify it to say this is it see this is what the writer uh, paul writing to the church in ephesus said he said, I have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Those things in your life that cause anger and bitterness and rage and frustration, you have to expose it. You have to be willing to get down and look at the root. Why? So eventually you could take the ax to the root and kill it. It can be dealt with, but you have to identify it. You have to go deep. You have to name it. What are those things that have caused you to be bitter? Be honest with yourself. I'm bitter because I lost a loved one to COVID. I'm bitter because my coworker got the promotion that I feel I deserved, that I worked for, that I earned. I'm bitter because I didn't get recognized with that bonus that I should have received. I'm bitter because my parents abandoned me. I'm bitter because my sibling gets all the breaks, gets all the love, gets all the accolades. I basically get nothing except dumped on for everything I do. I'm the stupid one. They're the perfect one. I'm the failure. They're the great one. I'm the mistake. I'm the first pancake. Some of you are like, what's that mean? You know, the first pancake always just messed up. You throw it away. Some of you feel like that. You know, I'm the first pancake. Mom and Dad just wish I wasn't there. I'm bitter. And you'd have to fill in the blank of what that is in your life. But expose it. Be honest with it. Because Jesus wants to set us free from the prison cell of bitterness. But here's the thing. If you won't identify the source of your bitterness, You won't even know that you're in a prison cell. See, you and I, you'll never leave a prison you're not willing to admit you're in. You just live there. It's fine. It's good. Nobody cares. It's just the way I am. I'm a victim. Carry around the trophy. I've earned this. I'm not bitter. Just protecting myself. I don't want to be hurt again. If you could step out, turn around, and look at the person in that cell... You'd see a person that sounds an awful lot like a bitter person. You have to be willing to admit it. Now, here's the trouble. Sometimes we don't even know what our source of our bitterness is, so here's what you need to do. You need to stop and pray and say, God, would you show that to me? Would you reveal it to me? Would you show me the source of the bitterness, the bitter roots in my life, and what they are and what the cause is and how deep they go? Would you show those things to me? And God loves you and he cares about you and he will reveal that to you. But just because he tells you something doesn't mean you'll hear it. That's why Jesus says over and over again, let he who has an ear hear what the Spirit is saying. The Holy Spirit whisper to you and say, here's the source of your bitterness. And we say, nanny, nanny, boo-boo, I don't want to hear it. Okay, fine, that's my bitterness, but I don't want to deal with it. And we stay standing in a prison cell bitterness. That we don't have to. Pray and ask God to reveal that bitterness so you can be free from it. I've talked to to a lot of different people, pastors, business leaders, uh, people in leadership, and and sometimes they'll have a situation where they're just they're they find themselves uh, offended and bitter at at the the their business, their organization, the people in their organization, the people in their church. And and, and it's like they've been going hard, they've been navigating change, they've been processing tense situations and dealing with stressors. And and all of a sudden they look and go, I'm just just offended by these people. They come and ask me things. Why are they even asking that? Why would they even ask for that? Why would they ask for a pay raise? Why would they ask for time off? Why would they ask for this? Why would they expect that? They find themselves bitter and angry at the very thing that used to be the the source of their passion and their love. And I'll tell them, I'll say, "This this is what you need to do it sounds like maybe you're burnt out so here's just do this get away for 10 days two weeks three weeks If you can't afford to get away and i don't mean like you have to go on an expensive vacation if you can't step out of a leadership role for two or three weeks then you failed as a leader so step away step away and just say in that time god help me to reorient my life to realign my time to 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 just come at this at a different approach. And I have found most of the time they'll do that and then they step back in. What they found themselves becoming bitter and, and offended by and frustrated with, all of a sudden the love, the joy, the passion returns because God took them out for a, a, a few short weeks. But in that time, they began to have a different perspective. God revealed the source of the bitterness isn't really them source of the bitterness is you because you are too wrapped up in some things. So at some point, you have to be willing to say, God, help me, show me, reveal to me the source of my bitterness so that I can be free from it. So That's the first thing. You have to say, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to identify the source of my bitterness. The next is this. <laughs> this is the hard one. You have to release the source of your bitterness. See, just knowing what it was isn't, you know that's that's a big step just knowing that you're in a prison cell of bitterness is a big step but if you stay there it doesn't help you if you hold on to it if you let it continue to go deeper it's not going to help you that's why later on paul writes this to the church in ephesus he says get rid of all bitterness don't wear it like a badge of honor don't wear it like a tr- don't carry it around like a trophy don't be proud of it don't say this is who i am this happened to me to get rid of it. Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other. Pursue peace. Tender-hearted. Pursue holiness. Forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Listen, next week we're going to talk about how to forgive an offense. We're gonna, we're gonna, this is just kind of laying the groundwork. Next week we're going how do I forgive an offense. But it's imperative that at some point we say, I'm going to let this go. I'm going to release it. I'm not going to hold this. I'm going to say, yes, this happened to me. Yes, I know. I'm not going to live carrying this offense. I don't want to live carrying this offense. I don't want to live bitter, angry, jaded, hurting myself, hurting other people doesn't honor God. You have to at some point say, I want to deal with this. So Matthew 18, Jesus is talking, and he shares a story. It's a parable, but he, he's talking. He says, there's, there's this king. He's a business owner. He's he's wealthy. He's got a lot of money, and and he's got a, a, a guy that works for him, and this guy took out a loan. I mean, let's say it's about a hundred million dollar loan, and, uh, and he realized, uh, I over leveraged myself. And I'm not going to be able to repay this loan. And so this guy's getting really scared because at that time, if you defaulted on a loan, then the person who uh, held the note could put you in debtor's prison. And you had to work off the debt. And the guy knew, like, if I get thrown in prison, I'll never be able to work this off. I'm going to die in prison. So he goes to the king. He goes to the business owner. And he's like, hey, I, I, this happened. I can't repay the loan. Out of grace and kindness and compassion, the king said, I'm willing to forgive the debt. I'm willing to forgive it. I'll write it off. Yeah, I was elated. Walks out, lighthearted, feeling good. Not too, not too far down the road. He's he's walking and he comes across a friend of his, and his friend he had loaned him uh, you know, not a hundred million dollars, but like, you know, a hundred dollars, $1, a thousand dollars. And he sees me, he said, Man, hey, it's so good to see you. Don't by the way, you owe me uh, you know, you owe me that money, you owe me a thousand dollars. Can can you pay it up? Uh I don't have the money. I, I, I'm not able to do that. What do you mean you don't have the money? You, I gave you that money in good faith. You're not going to pay it back. I told you I don't have the money. Well, that's unacceptable. And he takes the guy and he has him thrown in debtor's prison to pay back the $1,000 that he owed him. Well, the business owner, the king, hears about this and he's just like, what? What in the world? This guy, <laughs> I just was told this guy I'm willing to write off a $100 million debt. And this guy should have had the same compassion and kindness toward him for $1,000. So the business owner says, this isn't going to fly with me. And so this is what Jesus says in Matthew 18. He says, then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. And then Jesus says this. We don't like to preach on this, by the way. That's what your heavenly father will do to you. You refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. At some point, when we have experienced the grace, the kindness, the forgiveness of God in our lives, it ought to then change us, fill us with such gratitude that we would say, I'm going to extend that same grace, that same kindness, that same forgiveness, that same compassion to those around me. But you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what it's like. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've experienced. I have every right to be bitter. Possibly. But every person I've ever talked to that's bitter justifies their bitterness. Every person that walks around with a bitter root feels they're justified in their bitterness. So at some point, you have to decide, do I want to live bitter like so many others? Or do I want to live free? like so few ever do. So many people live bitter lives. But Jesus says, I want you to be free. Because if you don't, carrying that bitterness is like torture. It's gonna torture your life. It's gonna steal the joy. It's gonna steal the happiness. It's gonna take the fulfillment out of your life. You'll never have the life that God desires for you. You're torturing yourself. You're poisoning yourself. See, the heart of our heavenly father is always grace, compassion, kindness, Goodness, forgiveness. But the same God who wants those things to flow into us and flow through us to others also said, You will reap what you sow. God, you can't make me forgive. No, he can't. And he won't. But sometimes the worst thing you can get is the very thing you ask God for. I won't forgive them. Fine, you don't have to forgive them. But your life will be full of misery torment and torture. It will suck the joy and the fullness out of your life. Listen, I understand it is difficult. It is excruciatingly difficult to release the source of your bitterness. It goes against our human nature because we feel justified in it. But everything about living for Jesus goes against our human nature. We're called to be kind instead of We're called to be love instead of hate. We're called to pursue holiness instead of hatred. Everything about following Jesus is counterculture, but it's what's meant to make us stand out and stand apart and look different from the world around us. See, at some point we have to say, I don't want to live like this anymore. I want to live free from the bitterness, free from anger, free from being offended by everything around me. You have to begin to say, I want to identify the source of my bitterness, and then I want to release the source of my bitterness. As a spouse, you can be bitter because of what your spouse has done to you. And you can use it as ammunition if you want to. God's not going to stop you. But once you've experienced the kindness of God, the forgiveness of God, what he wants is that kindness and that forgiveness to not just flow into your life, but to flow through your life into your spouse, into your children, into your teammates, into your coworkers, into your classmates, into your neighborhood, into your business, into your whatever. That's what God wants for you. That's what God desires for you. See, there's a... You could go to the next slide, please. There we go. You can live rooted in bitterness or grounded in grace. That's what it comes down to. You can live rooted in bitterness or grounded in grace. That's what God wants. He says you can be rooted in bitterness, but grace, as you begin to experience God's grace and God's grace flows through you, it impacts other people. The fruit of the spirit begin to flow through your life into other people's lives. So instead of using your bitterness as ammunition to your spouse, all of a sudden kindness Gentleness, self control, compassion, tenderness are the result. So, what happens is you can speak life into your spouse. You could be bitter at them, or you could say, You know what? You're the best wife I could ever hope for. You're the best husband I could imagine. You're an amazing father. You're an incredible mother. You are a blessing and a a blessed woman of God. You are a a pillar and a steadfast man of God. And you say, but those things aren't true. And I say they aren't true yet. See, at some point you have to say, I'm going to speak to those things that are not as if they were. I'm going to believe. I'm going to speak prophetically. I'm going to call those things forth. Remember in Ezekiel 37, God shows the prophet all these dry bones. And God asked the prophet, can these bones live again? And he says, I don't know. And then the spirit of God says, prophesy over these bones. At some point you could speak life and you can prophesy into those people's lives what you don't see yet, but what you know could happen because God can do anything. Or you could stand there and carry your bitterness around. But God looked at you dead in your trespasses and sin. And God, by his grace said, I know you can be more. He wants you and I to do the same thing for them. We can live rooted in our bitterness, or we can live grounded in grace. So the people of Israel in Exodus chapter 15 are wandering. They've just been delivered. It was amazing. They crossed the Dead Sea, and, uh, and here they are. They are um, they're, they're looking for water because there's no water. They're thirsty. They're, they're going, hey, we, we, need to, we need to drink. We need water. And so they're walking and they, and in this region called Mara. And they find this spring of water. And they go, Oh, thank God, there's water. And they go to drink it, but the water they can't drink it because it's bitter. It's sulfury, it's, it's full of impurities, it's making them sick. And so what do they do? They become bitter and they begin to complain. And they begin to complain to God. And it was better in, in, in Egypt. We should just go back to Egypt. We at least had water there. And Moses, why did you do that? And they're raging and they're full of bitterness and anger. And then this is what happens in Exodus 15. It says, Moses cried out to the Lord and the Lord pointed out a tree to him and he threw it into the water. He threw the tree into the water and the bitter water became sweet. What that means is when we take Christ and his work on the cross on that cursed tree and we apply it to our lives, he could take the bitterness of our spirit, the bitterness of soul, the bitterness of the circumstances and he can turn it sweet. He can give us a sweet spirit, a sweet soul. He can ground us in grace and compassion for those who have hurt us and wounded us so that we can release the source of our bitterness and speak words of life even to those who have hurt us most deeply. But it means identifying the source of your bitterness and releasing the source of your bitterness. means being able to walk in forgiveness. And as I said, we're gonna talk next week about how do we forgive an offense. But for some of you this morning, this is the day that God wants you to start this healing process. Now, here's the thing, and I'm just going to tell you this. In a moment, we're going to pray. We're going to pray that God would free you, would heal you, would deliver you from bitterness. But here's what I know. God sometimes heals in a miraculous moment. God sometimes delivers in an instant. If he does, praise God for that. Praise God for There's other times when we have to walk out our salvation. We have to be transformed more and more into the image and likeness of Jesus, day by day, moment by moment, glory by glory. What that means is for some of you, you're gonna say, God, I wanna be free from this bitterness. And then later on today or tomorrow, all that bitterness is gonna flood back in. And in that moment, you have a choice to make. Will I release the source of my bitterness? Or will I hold on to it? Will I let it go or will I carry it around? Will I live in a prison cell or will I step out? And for some of you, you're going to have to do that a thousand times today and a thousand times tomorrow and a thousand times every day for the next week, two weeks, three weeks, six months. But all of a sudden, one day, it goes from having to do it a thousand times a day to having to do it 500 times a day. And you do that for a while and then it goes from 500 times a day to 100 times a day. And then it goes from 100 times a day to 50 times a day. So all of a sudden, one day you look and go, I no longer have to choose to release the source of my bitterness. I'm finally free. Oh, thank God I'm free. But it doesn't mean God isn't moving in those moments when you choose to release the bitterness. Don't think, I guess I haven't done anything. God hasn't done anything. God isn't moving. Be faithful. To day after day, moment after moment to release, to make that choice, to release the source of your bitterness until finally you are walking free. Because he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. That's what God wants for you. And all of a sudden, you'll find yourself not rooted in bitterness, but grounded in grace. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. And God, I ask by your Holy Spirit Would you begin to move? Would you begin to speak? God, I know that this message is hard. It's not hard because it's not true. It's hard because it goes to the deep parts of our life that we don't always like to deal with. We don't always like to identify. We don't mind dealing with sometimes the superficial stuff, but God, this strikes to the heart of who we are. Some of us, even as we heard the message this morning, we knew immediately what the source of our bitterness was. We know that those roots are there. Some of us, it's multiple roots. It's deep roots, deep-seated roots from things when we were growing up, from things our spouses have done, from things our parents have done, from things a friend had done, from things that were done to us, unasked and unbidden and un, um, unacceptable, but they happened anyway. We weren't the cause. It wasn't any fault of ours, but it happened to us. And I'm asking, would we finally take that opportunity here today to begin to expose those roots of bitterness and then begin the healing process of releasing them? So if you're here this morning, I'm just going to ask you, I'm not even asking if you're willing to deal with your bitterness. I'm just asking you if you know you have bitterness in your heart, in your life. If you know you do, even if you don't know if you're willing to deal with it, but if you just, just be honest, I've got bitterness. Just raise your hand right where you are. I've got, I've got some bitterness. Bitterness of soul, bitterness of spirit, bitterness in my heart, bitterness in my finances, business, bitterness at my business, bitterness at my spouse, at my kids. I've got bitterness. Now you can put your hands down. Now I'm gonna ask you to do something that's a little bit more courageous. You would say here this morning, I wanna start exposing the bitterness. I want to start releasing the source of my bitterness. I want to start finding healing that only comes through Christ. I don't want that ulcer of bitterness anymore. I don't want that root of bitterness that springs up, causes trouble, and defiles many. It poisons me and hurts others. I don't want that anymore. Oh God, I want healing. I want freedom. I want out of the prison cell of bitterness. That's you and, you, and you're ready to allow God to begin to move in your heart and your life today. And right where you are, just stand to your feet. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Just just stand and say, God, I, I'm tired of this. I can't, I can't do I don't want to do this. anymore. I want to pursue peace and holiness, not bitterness and hatred and anger and wrath. God, I, I want to release all that stuff to you. Heavenly Father, for all those who have stood to their feet, believing that you can move, knowing that you can move, knowing that you're a God who looked at us in our mess and spoke life. God, I'm praying right now that you would speak life into those situations. God, when we need to release something, help us to release it. Show us, reveal those sources of bitterness. God, help us to release today and tomorrow and a, th- a thousand times the next day. But God, when those bitter feelings come forth, God, would we release it to you? That we could not find ourselves any, we would not find ourselves any longer rooted in bitterness, but grounded in grace. And we want to live free, free in you, free to love, free to be kind, free to be merciful, free to be tender hearted. God, I'm asking you, would you move in a supernatural way here this morning? I'm going to do one last thing. We're going to sing some songs here and celebrate who God is. I'm not going to have the prayer teams up here. They're going to be up here at the end of service. If you'd like prayer following service, they'll be here. They'll pray with you. They'll be prayed for you. But I just want to invite you as we sing these next songs, if you stood to your feet, would you just... Come forward. I just, want, I just want to just pray over you. I just want to pray over you. God would bring healing into your life. Just make your way forward. I'm just going to come along, pray for you. I believe God wants to do something great here this morning.